groaning with expectation. When the Spirit comes on the scene, things are changed. And the profound idea I really need us to plant in our head this morning is that same Spirit that gave Mordecai courage, that gave Samson strength, that gave human beings life, that same spirit that created in the midst of this hovering over all things, and now we have dogs and plants and trees, that same spirit over and over that raised Jesus from the dead, there is this ultimate trump truth that says when the spirit's on the scene, there is life and things are happening, and that same spirit is in you, is in me. No pressure. Like in that moment, we can understand what Paul is, is kind of conjuring up here. The same spirit, the Holy Spirit that, had did, that did all these things within the Old Testament now dwells in you and I. Now what do we do with that? that, that's, a, that that's a weight that we can hear and it's, it's profound and it's amazing. But if the spirit comes on the scene and brings life and the spirit is in you, then you should have life. If the Spirit comes on the scene and things change, and the Spirit is in you, then things should change in you. This, this, is, the, this is the beauty of, of the, the text we get to absorb this morning. Now, now what I love about the text here is it's not just a matter of, um, it's not just going to give us a, a how things are, because I think we can kind of read it at brass tacks and just read it and say, okay, well, here's, here's the honest truth. That's what it says, because I've got to be honest with you. Um, the text we're going to go through is, is simple. Like, you don't need logos. Uh, you're not going to need to go to, to Google anything. This is real simple. The Spirit changes things. The Spirit's in you. You should be changed. I, I don't know how to make this, prof- uh, you know, there's not this like deep thought, but, but there's something deeper in the text that I, I think we, we're missing because it doesn't just provide us a what this reality is, but the beauty of it all is it provides us a how. Let's get to it. In Romans chapter 9, um, this is what it says. You, however are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. So did you hear it? Let me read it again, because we might miss this. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So from this point, if you remember, Frank over the last couple weeks has been putting this in front of us. There's this dichotomy between the Spirit and the flesh, and you can't please the Spirit if you're living in the flesh, and you can't please the flesh if you're living in the Spirit. There's something going on here. There's a battle, this war that's waging within you, and so much of us wants to, man, God, I want to be with you. Those moments where God is speaking to your heart, God, I want to be with you. I want to please you. I I want you to smile down on me. And, and we can resonate with this so much. And, and the struggle is, well, well, how do we do this? And verse 9 is giving us the answer, but, but we're missing it if we're not hearing what he's saying. Because what he said here is, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Talking to those in the moment. If you're in the spirit, here's what he says. You're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Dwells in you. So God, how, how, do I, how do I please you? Like, like, track with me. Now everything's changing. The ground's coming out because now all of a sudden it doesn't have to do with what can I do for God? Like, like how, can I, how many times can I go to church or how long can I fast or how much can I read or how much can I pray but has everything to do with being with God? All of a sudden things are changed. Like, this is a game changer because it doesn't have to do with doing but it has to do with dwelling. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within me. 
And so now all my effort, all of my energy doesn't have to go with working towards getting God, but working towards being with him. This is a game changer for us. It actually uses this idea three times. Matter of fact, in John chapter 14, we're told that if we, we love Christ and we follow his commandments, the Father makes his home in us. So, so there's this deep, profound idea that the Holy Spirit comes within us and changes things, and it's not us. That we would work hard and work in the direction of not just doing things for God, but we would work hard at being with him. Now, now I said it gives the how. Here's, here's where um, I want to get real practical, okay? I don't have a terrible amount of time, so um, try, try, to, try to roll with me, okay? He, he, here's the thing. Um, for us to talk about the Holy Spirit of God, um, in some ways, like, the charismatic movement has kind of hijacked the Holy Spirit from us. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, don't get me wrong. I spent 10 years. I was saved, raised. I got saved in high school in a charismatic church. My first pastor was in a charismatic church. Like, I waved a flag once. I'm not lying, okay? Um, like, I had some holy laughter at one point. I'm just, I'm just tracking with me, okay? Um, like, the, the legitimacy of, of, of what the Spirit of God is doing is real. Unfortunately, we, we see this. We see what the Holy Spirit is. And, and we use this analogy all the time, but he's like the crazy uncle at the family reunion. We know he's there. We believe he exists, but we're afraid if we talk to him, we're going to start talking in tongues, Okay? And so like this, this weird relationship, Jesus, you're awesome. You, you, your blood atoning work is beautiful. Father, you decree before all time. Holy Spirit, man, you're, you're great. Just, you know, let's keep a distance, bro. Okay? So, so for, for us to understand this, um, what I want to do is I don't want to just give this like abstract, what does it look like to dwell with God? Because we're going to get through our whole text, and that's the answer. Hear me, that's the answer. To beat sin, to fight through sin, to be sanctified— has everything to do with being and, and, and really nothing to do with doing outside of what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. But see, when we talk about this, again, the, the, the practical like stories, we get like, a, we get like a, I don't know if you remember three or four Olympics ago, the man was led by the Holy Spirit. He was in this, this Scottish kilt and they were running the marathon and this guy who's in first place, um, this guy runs out on the street and tackles the guy who's in first place running the marathon. Um, I, I believe he was from India. I might be wrong, but um, he, he tackles this guy and he's like, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And ask him, why did you interrupt the Olympics? He has a big sign, Jesus is coming. Why did you interrupt the Olympics? It's like, this, I just felt like the Spirit of God was telling me to do that, okay? We have people driving around naked saying they're led by the Spirit of God. I've been in some crazy situation where people were barking because they were the Spirit. Like, there's just, so we think of the Holy Spirit through this lens and it's, it's not, like, we'll say things, we'll say things, and, and maybe if you don't, you won't understand me if you're not in the, the, the world that I come from, but it's like we're sitting there praying, they're like, just press into the Holy Spirit, just press in. And I'm like, press into what, bro? I don't know what you want me to press into. There's this push into the Holy Spirit. And what's crazy to me is the time with the Holy Spirit, dwelling with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit is insanely more practical than that. Now, I don't want to discount those. Those things are real. My moments with God where the Holy Spirit did things are legitimate, whether you want to believe it or not, okay? But 95% of the time when you read led by the Holy Spirit, it's way more practical than that. Like Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit and he goes to Capernaum. Paul and the council, they're, they're led by the Holy Spirit and they send Paul and Barnabas out. There's this like practical, very intricate details. Um, so I want to give you some examples of what this looks like. 
Because for us to battle the flesh, to walk in the Spirit, if it has everything to do with dwelling in the Holy Spirit, well, well, let me hopefully give you some tangible ways to walk away with, with what, that, uh, what that looks like. So, so here's what I'll say to this, okay? Um, you have, in the, the book of 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, um, a man named Elijah who is sitting on a mountain and he's unbelievably frustrated with God, okay? God, I'm the only person left. Where are you? I need a word from you. And in this moment, he's standing on the mountain, and the mountain begins to shake. There's God. God's coming. It's this big thing that's coming on the scene, and there's nothing. And then this huge whirlwind-type tornado rolls in. Oh, there's God. God, give me the, give me the word. There it, what is it? And there's nothing. Then all of a sudden, here comes, uh, after the, the earthquake, after the, the uh, whirlwind, here comes fire from heaven. Fire begins to pour down. Well, this definitely has to be Jesus or Satan. One of these guys has to do with something that's going on now. All of a sudden, all these things are happening and nothing. And there's Elijah sitting quietly and all the Bible says, and there was a still small voice and Elijah heard it. So for some of us to think that beating sin and not walking in the flesh has to do with big things, Here's this still, small voice. Let me give you another example. Um, uh, Philip, in uh, Acts 8, he, he's this man, he's sitting here, and this is what's crazy. It says, an angel of the Lord came and spoke. Laleo, is that, well, you don't care about the Greek. Is that, basically, the Greek says, it's in the classical Greek, it's like la, 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 it, it's, it's like uh, chatter. It means to chatter, to speak. So an angel of the Lord literally, audibly comes and speaks to Philip and says, hey, go to the road, there's this unit coming, I want you to talk with him. So the angel of the Lord audibly speaks okay when philip gets there and he's walking next to this chariot and he sees this eunuch man he sees him up in the chariot all it says is and the spirit to philip that's all it says now you're like well that's dumb what is that my point is it just describes a story where there was this audible god speaking but the relationship between the holy spirit in this moment coming to philip was just and philip and and the spirit to philip my, my, my point is this, like, it was this, hey, Philip, why don't you jump up there and talk with him, man? Hey, hey, Elijah, I know you want these big things, but if you would just be, if you would just listen, let me give you a personal example. Um, <laughs> oh, man, okay, so about three years ago, um, in the fall, I have a firefighter buddy <coughs> who, who works for Phoenix Fire. He's like, hey, man, let's go hike the Grand Canyon. I'm like, let's do this, okay? He's like, all right, well, just, you know, about six months out, let's train for it. I'm like, train? I'm a grown man. I don't need to train, okay? Um, and so he's like, he's like, he's like, okay, well, we're going to do rim to rim to rim, okay? So we're going to go 26 miles. We're going to go about 10 miles down, uh, eight miles up, and then that, or eight miles across, then eight miles up, and then we're going to turn around, and then we're going to come back. And I'm like, all right, I'll train a little bit, okay? Uh, 52 miles. Now, I get with these buddies. They're all firefighters. There's just big dudes like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, let's go, guys, okay? And, and so we get in the car. We drive to the Grand Canyon. We start at 6 p.m., okay? So our, our goal is to hike the Grand Canyon, go down it through the night so we would arrive to the back at the other end during the day. So it's pretty cold, obviously, where the Grand Canyon is. And so we get down into the canyon. We go through um, Bright Angel. We go through the, uh, into the canyon, 
And if you've ever been down the Grand Canyon, there's this place called Phantom Ranch down there. And um, it's kind of a place to load up, get water until you're going to hike to the other rim. The other rim being obviously the, uh, the border of the Grand Canyon. So we hike down. We kind of get, you know, it's, it's about, I don't know, maybe 9 o'clock at night at this point. We're like, all right, let's do this. And so we start our trek uh, uh, across the, the Grand Canyon. We get to the other side. And it's kind of warm down there. And we start to go up, okay? And it's just kickback. So by kickback, I mean it's just like up and up and up. Okay, so it's like King Kong, uh, King Kong, I think that's right, the old video game. So um, we're, we're going up. Now, here's what's crazy. I'm just, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. It's, it's, it's all right, right? Um, well, we're about two miles from the top, and I start to feel woozy and cold and extremely tired. And my buddy Eric's like, all right, guys, let's take a break real quick. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, <sighs> okay, and they start busting out these pills. And I'm like, hey, bro, what you got there? And they're like, elevation sickness pills. I'm like, Ain't nobody told me about no elevation sickness pills, okay? So, so they start taking these elevation sickness pills. I'm like, well, maybe I can do it without it. Wrong, okay? So I keep going. I go about a half mile more. I get up there, and they're good at this point, right? I'm like seeing things, okay? Um, so I'm like, you know what, guys? Here, I'll stay here, go to the top, get it done, and come back and pick me up. We got headlights. It's about midnight at this point. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened in this moment, but I just freak out, Okay? I watch them go on these kickbacks, and I watch the light go, go, and then gone, and all of a sudden it hits me, and <laughs> I'm in the middle of the Grand Canyon, I have no one around me, I'm going to die, okay? So I'm like, okay, I can't go up, so I can go down. So they're gone, I'm like, I'll just go down, I'll meet them at the bottom, it's warmer down there. Well, I get to the bottom, and at the bottom of this other rim, there's this abandoned house, and for whatever reason, in my mind... There was someone in that abandoned house trying to kill me, okay? So I'm scared. I unload all of my food out of my backpack because it will help me move faster, okay? That makes sense. I leave it there. And so I just, I'm just, um, let's go, let's go. Now what's crazy about this is when we started the trek, it's a 16-hour hike in total. We start this trek, Eric was popping Advil, okay? So, because you're in extreme pain. I'm taking an Advil every single hour, okay? We're about 10 hours in at this point. Now... I'm losing my mind. I got no food. I got no job. My pet's heads are falling off. Okay, I got, so, <laughs> so I, I'm going, and, and I, I hit this, this water stop, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm seriously going to die. And, and I don't, I, I begin to picture things. I'm talking with God, and, and you got to understand, at this moment in my life, I'm doing a lot of, like, fleece casting. What I mean by that, the story of Gideon, where God's like, God, do you want me to do this, or do you not want me to do this? you want me to go to war? He basically puts this fleece down. There's dew on the fleece. The next day, there's not dew on the fleece. So God's kind of talking to him. I'm doing a lot of, like, fleece casting in my life at this point. God, if you want me to do this, then let this happen, and just crazy things. Like, I'm just trying to make these very practical things, these big things that I can hold on to. Well, I'm getting it, and I realize about halfway down on the bottom, halfway back, I'm totally lost, okay? And I'm like, did I go down a wrong trail? Where am I right now, okay? So I, I hit this, this, of course, I hit a Y in, in the road, and I'm like, you know what? I think it was this way, and I get about a quarter mile. Now, you may not think a quarter mile is long, but a quarter mile is long in the Grand Canyon in the pitch black um, by yourself. So I get a quarter mile, and I hit a creek, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. This is, I'm... This is obviously not the way. Um, so I turn around. I come back to the Y in the road. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And so I start casting fleece. If I see a deer, um, if I do this, I don't know what I need to do. Okay, so I, sh I start to go this other way. And I kid you not, um, I hit this, this main trail. And there's this gigantic rock. And there is this, um, there's this sweater vest laying on this rock. And it's 100% fleece. Okay, 
and I pick up this fleece sweater vest, and I see it's 100% fleece, and, and listen, I'm not trying to be the crazy guy. We're like, God, talk to me, okay? But I, I legitimately felt like in that moment, the Spirit of God said, Sean, just trust me. And, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but, but here's my point in, in it being very practical, is stop putting fleeces. This is what I felt like I was, stop putting fleeces down. Stop making things tangible, and, and let me lead you, okay? Now, <laughs> just so you know what happens, I end up getting out of the Grand Canyon by myself. I get on the shuttle. Um, I'm sitting on the shuttle. I've had 16 Advil. I haven't eaten food in about eight hours. Um, I sit on the shuttle, and the bus driver's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in an ambulance. Um, totally passed out, okay? Um, like, they're like, hey, man, you really need water. I had to go see a doctor. My liver shot. It's like, how much do you drink? I was like, I, I've never drank before, okay? It's like, um, so anyway, yeah, there's a story that you can tell your kids, um, okay? Don't take 16 Advil and hike the Grand Canyon without food. Um, but here, here's my point. Me walking with God in that moment, there was this still small voice, just like Philip, and the spirit to Philip, okay? Uh, here's what I want to say. Dwelling with God has everything to do with closeness, man. And, and that's where I want to take a minute and explain. Um, there is a longing that God has put within you to be close to him, to be with him. And, and we have so quickly turned that to just doing things for God that it's idolatry, man. It's, it's unbelievable idolatry. So, so when... when um, God says, Philip proclaims in, in Psalms 27, he says, and the Lord said, seek my face. And my heart said, Lord, your face I will seek. Or when he declares in Psalm 41 that like, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. There's a longing, a, 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 a deep beckoning within, God, within us to long for God and everything having to do with beating sin. Because listen, some of you in here have been struggling with porn for years. Some of you in here have been struggling with pride, with greed, with self-righteousness for years. And the answer is not a five-step program. If you would work as hard at doing things to fix that, at just being with God, we're told over and over the fruit of the Holy Spirit will, will take care of those things. Just being with God. We're told faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in Romans 10, 17. That, that if we would read our word, that we would, we would have faith given to us by the spirit, both Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. The spirit gives us faith. But this is not our natural um, knee-jerk reaction, though, is it? So, so let, me, let me speak to, to some of you. There's a book, um, there's a couple books. Ravi Zacharias, man, and Ravi Zacharias writes these books where it's basically Jesus talks to and so there's one jesus talks to hitler jesus talks to buddha well there's there's one of these jesus, jesus talks to oscar wilde um and if you don't know oscar wilde this is like the epitome of hedonism and this is what it says uh, he, he says this in this book as jesus is talking to oscar wilde he says you prioritize your hungers in accordance with the flesh and debase them in the process when you have it the wrong way you pollute the very longing until the wrong way becomes the only way and the right way becomes a burden so, so let me speak to, to, to this idea. Um, for us, this dichotomy between flesh and spirit, for us to be in God, have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, showing us that we have Jesus Christ. Before we get to these next verses, I want you just to hear what I'm trying to say and what Ravi said in this moment is, this is not natural. It's not within you to naturally long for God. But because 
we have for so long done what we wanted to do when we sit down and we pick up the remote instead of pick up our Bible, um, except this Sunday, because <laughs> clearly we're going to pick up our remotes. Word up, Peyton Manning. Um, okay. Um, so so it, it, this, is, this is an obvious thing, but we, we, have, we, have, we have our palate has been changed. We long for these things because we have trained ourselves to long for them so long. And, 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 and let me say this. Um, and, and we think the answer to fighting uh, the, the flesh, the, our, our answer to that is, is, again, doing things. But hear me, that's been your life. That's been my life, our entire lives. That's been humanity's story. From the very beginning, God wants to be in Genesis 1 and 2. And ever since then, we've, we've been told by the sweat of our brow, we're working. We're working. We're working. We're doing. That's how we get back there. If we do, if I could do, if I could do, if I could continue to do this, and then Jesus dies, the Holy Spirit comes within us, and now all of a sudden this moment, we're, we're, we're to understand that dwelling with the Holy Spirit, being with him, is not the answer, or is the answer, and not doing. And it's so counterintuitive to, to our nature. But here's the beauty, it's, it, it's promised to work, and let's read our verses, let's get back to the word. Um, this is what it says in, in verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, uh, sorry, I lost my place. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, hear this, who dwells in you. So how do, we, how do I have life? I look at Jesus and he was dead. He was dead. And the Spirit gave him life. How do I have life? The Spirit dwells in me. Like Philip, I, I, I listen and I'm led and I'm nudged by the Holy Spirit. Like, like Elijah, I listen to that still small voice. As I'm told in Romans 10, I read my word. I allow the Spirit to, to, to dwell within me in this moment, and I'm with him, and it has everything to do with being. So, so here, here's my challenge before we read our, our last two verses um, and, and kind of walk out of here. Let me say this. Um, how much time are you putting just to doing for God and not being with him? Like, we don't talk a lot about this in the reform circles. We don't talk a lot about this idea because um, the manly guys in the room, um, it's like, well, that's, that's like kind of weird, right? But the only other time that Paul uses this language, this dwelling language, is when it has to do with um, a husband and, and, and a wife being confined together in a home in 1 Corinthians. Like, it has to do with knowing each other. It has to do with, like, absolute communion together. So dwelling with God in this moment is like, uh, he's with me, and, and the fruit of what the Holy Spirit is in within me, me spending time with him, um, is, is awesome. But we get lost in semantics. I had the chance to go to Romania, um, whew, man, maybe six or seven years ago. And uh, my buddy and I, um, for whatever reason, there's a group of 14 of us. We're on this mission trip. There's a, uh, my buddy and I had to be split up from the group. Okay, we're in another country. I'm like 18 at this point. Um, and we, we get put on this bus, and on this bus, um, the bus driver doesn't speak a lick of Eng English. There's eight of us, and he just had a tape playing, and there was three songs on it. I don't remember the other two songs, but one of them was Because I Got High, okay? The other two songs were in Romanian, um, and then he had one English song, Because I Got High, okay? So for eight hours, eight hours, I'm on this, this bus with my buddy Brandon, and we're listening, Because I Got High, Because I Got High, Because I'm like... <laughs> Brandon, and I'm, you know, I'm like real legalist in that moment. I'm like, Brandon, you don't listen to that. 
All right, you don't listen to that, bro. You follow Jesus, okay? And then at the end, I'm like, da-da-da-da-da, and I know why, okay? Um, now, we, we had to cross through the, the travel, the road we had to take had to go uh, kind of in and out of Hungary, and we had to cross one of the borders, and when we arrived, the place we were staying, the guy told me a, a crazy story about um, that bo- a certain border crossing that we had crossed, um, and he told me that during the, when communism was kind of running the place, uh, socialism, there's this, like, uh, the government is just in control, uh, he said, um, there's a crazy story that happened with this woman where um, every single day she would, she would cross over from Romania to Hungary on this border. She'd, she'd be crossing over this uh, border, and she would be on a blue bike, and in this blue bike she would have a little uh, basket with all these nuts and bolts, okay? And she would cross over, and there was a guy who had been working there for like 20 years, and this is the guy telling me this story, a guy who had been working there for 20 years, um, who would see this woman every single day cross the, cro- uh, cross the border on this blue bike, and then would, she wouldn't come back. She would just cross over this way every single day, okay? Um, and every day, he would stop her. He would look in the nuts and bolts. He would see, and like, check out the bike, make sure she's not smuggling anything into. He's like, okay, have a good day. Until finally, um, he was getting ready to retire. Um, and he said, listen, you cross this crossing every single day. I watch you cross this crossing every single day. What are you bringing into the country? I retire. I promise I won't say anything. What are you bringing into the country every single day? The man told me, the, the woman just simply looks at him and he says, blue bikes. So, so for, for 20 years, he'd been scrummaging through nuts and bolts. He had been looking at all these things, and right there in front of him, she had just been taking blue bikes in. And, 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 and here's, here's what's crazy about that story. I really thought, like, sometimes we get lost in the semantics of, like, it's this, it's this. No, listen to me. The, the simplest form from the very beginning, over, it's easy, guys, be be with him, spend time with him, gobble up his word, be in prayer. Like, this is what it's always been about as the, as the father roams through the garden looking for his sons and daughters. And we hide in our sin, thinking that if I can do this, if I could put fig leaves on and hide it in this different way, then I'm okay. And the whole point was just be with him. Allow him to dwell within you. May we not get lost in all of this. Our last two verses is this, and this is the poetry of of it all. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. So so it has nothing to do with flesh. It has nothing to do with law. um, But it has everything to do with, with being and dwelling, as I said before in their moment. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Hear me. By the spirit by the spirit so so let's talk about how this looks the spirit changes things the spirit dwells within you the spirit changes you that by dwelling within and and listen if all those stories are 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 great um it holds nothing to what 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 god is doing now within us here's the great story and i'll close with this um in exodus um, Moses is talking with God, and he, he's getting frustrated with the people of God and Israel. And so he breaks the Ten Commandments that God gives him, and so he begins to go up on this mountain. What's crazy as he goes up on this mountain is he goes up on this mountain, and he comes down, and his face is so bright that the people of God can't even look at him. And it's crazy because they're looking at him, and, and they, like, they can't look away, so he has to put a veil over his face because his face is shining so much. The Spirit of God is moving on Moses. And then we read, in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, this is what it says, talking about that account. 
Now, if the ministry of death, talking about Moses bringing these commandments, carved in letters on stone came with such glory that uh, the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, hear this, verse 8, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? That if this took place here with Moses, how much greater now the Holy Spirit dwelling within you How much better now the Holy Spirit with you is it than that? Um, I'm going to read a a passage out of 1 John in chapter 15. And uh, what what I'd love for you to do as I read this passage is, uh, is, is, is you don't even have to turn there. Um, is, is just listen real quick because, because here's the truth. There, there's insane amounts of Trinitarian language in this, like the Spirit of Christ, um, the, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Like there's a ton of Trinitarian language here. Um, and if you would understand like that God decrees by the blood of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit would dwell within you, that you have Jesus Christ. And to, to dwell with him or abide with him is what it's all about. If we can understand that, we would walk out of here victorious um, towards the things of sin, like the, towards the things of the flesh. So, so I'm going to read this, um, then I'm going to pray, and then um, we're just going to take a minute. And, and it would be foolish for us to talk about the Holy Spirit and not spend time with him. So we're just going to take a minute, um, allow the Holy Spirit to kind of marinate in this room, um, and then uh, Josh Prather will come and, and lead us. So, so if you can just listen to this, I'll read it, and then I will pray. This is what it says. Just, just hear this. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much um, for just the truth that it's so hard for us to get our our mind around, that if we would just be with you, if we would work on being with you, if we'd work on spending time with you in your word, and we would work on spending time with um, you in prayer, if if we would be willing to fast in moments, if we we would work on being with with your people, God, that, that these things 
would find their way of, of working themselves out. I pray, God, that we would have a longing for you. You tell us in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that eternity is stored up in our hearts, that there's a longing within us that we want you. And though there are moments we don't feel it, there are genuine, beautiful, poetic moments that we do. And I pray we would hold fast to either one knowing that, that your word has told us that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. I pray, God, that we would dwell. I pray, God, that we would abide, that we would work at just being with you. As, as your passage, as your word showed us this morning, God, that, that those who have you, those who the Holy Spirit dwells within, they belong to Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what we want to do. We want to belong to Jesus Christ. And so I pray that we would, we would welcome the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. I pray, God, as we spend a moment just being quiet with you, um, that you would speak to us, that for those of us in the room who, who haven't had moments where you just, that small, um, still voice hasn't come to them, or, or the Spirit to fill up, this, the Spirit just nudges us in a way. We haven't had those moments. I pray the Holy Spirit, you, you would move in that way, that we wouldn't be afraid to have the Spirit dwell, that no, no denomination has a, a capital um, kind of monopoly on, on you, Holy Spirit, but I pray that we would be wholeheartedly of the assurance that you sanctify us and that you dwell within us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. We desperately want you. In Jesus' name, amen.